Hi there. Thank you for choosing to listen to this sermon. We pray that God would use this as an added resource to benefit you in conjunction with you belonging to a local church near you. This sermon was preached at Central Baptist Church Pretoria. 130 years of believers loving God, caring for one another and impacting the world. Well, friends and family, please turn with me in your own Bibles to Proverbs. Tonight we are in Proverbs chapter 3. This evening we will consider the first 12 verses of chapter 3, and even as we turn to Proverbs, I want to introduce the main idea for tonight. This evening we will consider the title God's children must obey him. We know that as God's children we must live in obedience to him. In fact, Proverbs is filled with warnings about seeking wisdom so that we might obey God. And we will see it again in tonight's sermon. I trust that you found your place in Proverbs chapter 3, reading from verse 1 to 12. Hear God's word. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Verse five: Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of His reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom He loves, as a father the son in whom He delights. So far, in the reading of God's word, this evening we will see that God's children must obey Him, and we will see four key ways in which we, as God's children, must obey Him. God's children must obey Him firstly by regarding. His commandments. Secondly, God's children must obey Him by remembering His promises, by relying on His providence, and finally, we will see that God's children must obey Him by revering Him with all things. So let us consider the first key way that we can show obedience to God. God's children must obey Him by regarding His commandments. When I was growing up, I knew full well that to show obedience to my parents, I had to regard their commandments. The two are interwoven. Regarding my parents' commands displayed obedience. Friends, this idea carries even in tonight's text. How can we know? 
that we obey God. We can know by regarding his commandments. Consider verse one and two with me. Solomon says, my son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. Solomon instructs his son and he says, hey, buddy, regard my commandments. Solomon feared God and his desire was that his son would come to that fear of God as well. In seeking to, des- to, to see this desire materialize, he taught his son and he urged him to keep his commandments. However, I must note that it is important to realize that these teachings and commandments were and are the very law of God. Deuteronomy chapter 6 charges parents to make known the law of God to their own children. So in essence, Solomon is urging his son to remember the Lord's teachings and precepts. His use of language is also intentional. Solomon is targeting the heart of his son. The laws and teachings ought not only to be stored in the mind, but are to be bound in his heart. He says, let your heart keep my commandments. The very law of God must be internalized. It must be believed and obeyed. It must take root in the heart so that it bears fruit of obedience. This, friends and family, isn't an intellectual exercise or a behavioral pattern. It is a covenant-keeping trust. Regarding God's commandments is more than just knowing about them. His law must be engraved in our hearts. We must keep it in our very hearts. Do you remember what the Lord said in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 33? He said, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Can we tonight say that we have kept the precepts of the Lord in our hearts. Friends, this command appears to have a promise attached to it. It says, regard God's commandments for length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. This is, however, not a promise. In being consistent with the theme of Proverbs, we must regard it as a principle. And the principle is simply this, that regarding God's commands will bid us in good stead to have long and peaceful lives. Regarding God's commands will bid us in good stead to have long and peaceful lives. This language is also similar to the language found in Exodus chapter 20 verse 12 where it says, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And I think it is fitting for us to apply this key to living in obedience to God. How can we 
as Central Baptist Church Pretoria regard the Lord's commandments. Firstly, we can do that by learning them. We must search for the glorious truths found in the Bible. We must mine for them as though we seek gold. We must delight and abide in the word of God. Secondly, we must meditate on these truths. We must think the commandments over and over again while praying that God would be so merciful to help us to move the commands from our heads to our hearts and then to our hands. If we seek to regard God's commands, then we must learn them and meditate upon them. I said this evening we will see that God's children must obey him. We've looked at the first way. The first way is that they obey him by regarding his commandments. The second way, they obey him by remembering his promises. Consider verse 3 to 4 with me. It says, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find good favor, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. As a recipient of the steadfast love and faithfulness of the Lord, Solomon urges his son to cling closely to these things. Solomon's God, our God, is a God of steadfast love and faithfulness. He displays steadfast love and faithfulness to the wicked. Out of the abundance of his steadfast love, he displays mercy to those deserving of his just punishment. Our God is faithful and worthy of our trust. And these two attributes about God need to be remembered. Solomon says, bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. We desire to be conformed to the image and the likeness of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so so if we desire that, we must also desire to be rich in love and faithfulness. The word Solomon uses, bind them and write them, connotes the idea of meditating on until it is second nature. We are called to love God to love the Lord with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength. We are also called to love others as we love ourselves. Solomon also points out that we are also to be found faithful. This imperative also has a a principle attached to it. Those who remember God's promises will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. And so as I was preparing this sermon, I couldn't help but think of Joseph. Joseph, the son of Jacob. Do you guys remember him? The Bible says that he was a man who displayed steadfast love and faithfulness to a certain degree. And his faithfulness saw him gain favor in the eyes of God and of his master in Genesis chapter 39. Family, friends, 
The Lord our God is the one who grants favor and good success. And Solomon says that it is the byproduct of remembering the promises of God. And to capture this idea, a commentator makes this note, which I really enjoyed. He said, quote, It is God that gives credit. He fashioneth men's opinions and inclineth their hearts. End quote. It is God that gives credit. He fashioneth men's opinions and inclineth their hearts. And so I want to encourage us this evening to constantly remember the mercy of God in that he displays steadfast love and faithfulness towards us. Though our sins be many, his mercy is so much more. Though our hearts are prone to wander, he constantly draws us back. May we love others. May we pray and seek to be faithful. May we understand the steadfast love and faithfulness of God so that we might remember it. God's children must obey him. And they obey him by regarding his commandments and they obey him by remembering his promises. For my third point, God's children obey him by relying on his providence. Now, I must confess, my favorite doctrine is the doctrine of providence. This doctrine states that God, our God, is in control. The doctrine of providence unfolds the nature of God's control of all things. The Lord does not look at the future as if it were on a movie screen and learn what will happen. Rather, his knowledge of the future comes from the foreordination of whatsoever comes to pass. And so the next portion of our text, we will see that in order to obey God, we must rely. But I also want to add, we must rely and trust his providence. Consider verses 5 to 8 with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. In a world that promotes self-sufficiency, we often find ourselves in desperate need of the reminder to trust in the Lord with all our heart. The phrase, trust the Lord with all your heart, literally means to lie helpless and face down. Another commentator has this to say about it. He says, quote, to trust in God is to be unbottomed of thyself and of every creature, and so to lean upon God that if he fail thee, thou sinkest. To trust in God is to be unbottomed of thyself and of every creature, and so to lean upon God that if he fail thee, thou 
sinkest. Basically, the Lord ought to be your one and only hope. Solomon urges his son to trust in God and not in himself. To lean on our own understanding would be to stand on sinking sand. And something that we must note in this passage is that wholehearted trust in the Lord leaves no room for a plan B. Wholehearted trust means a complete dependence upon God. And so I want us to to picture a child almost, a, a child standing on a structure of a jungle gym. And they're in the play park with, with their father, and he stands on top and he says, Dad, can I jump from this structure, and will you catch me in your hands? And the father says, yes, son, you can jump. Jump from this structure. And the son stands by the edge, and he is about to jump. When this child jumps, friends, their only hope is found in their dad catching them. If their dad fails to catch them, they will come crushing to the ground. And this is the type of trust we ought to have in God. A trust where we are completely dependent on him, trusting that his providence will be for our own good. We achieve this by acknowledging him in all our ways so that we might make so that he might make our paths straight. And to acknowledge him is to seek his will and the counsel of his word. We must be ever dependent on him for all the future plans we make and for all the desires that we have. We must prayerfully go about life asking that his will would be done and not Ours. It is not a fearful thing to have God direct our lives. It is not a fearful thing to pray for His will over our lives to prevail. And I know, I know that oftentimes we feel like we want to be in control. However, our God is wise. And he is good. In him there is no darkness, and he is worthy of our trust. Amen. Well, verse 7 to 8 cements the reality of this truth. It says, We are not wise, and in fact, our wisdom is foolishness. The call that Solomon makes is for his son and ultimately for us to forsake our own wisdom and cling to the fear of the Lord as we repent from our sins and all evil. We are to realize that our attempts are minimal and inadequate, and that we cannot muster up enough wisdom to rely upon it. And this, this is imperative, for it will be healing to our flesh and refreshment to our bones. Now, the use of this language conveys the idea of a sure and resting peace and assurance. True refreshment, true peace is found in a wholehearted trust in the Lord our God. True refreshment, true peace is found in a wholehearted trust in the Lord our God. 
Friends, we must cling tightly to the doctrine of the providence of God. Nothing that happens to us is by chance. Absolutely nothing. Whether it appears to be good or bad, all things fall under the providence of God. So be encouraged. Find rest and peace in that truth. And also, may we constantly pray because our prayers are an image of our recognizing our need of him. We need God. We need him. Every hour we need him. He is our one defense and our only righteousness. God's children must obey him. This evening we looked at the fact that they obey him by regarding his commandments. They obey him by remembering his promises. And we've just looked at the fact that God's children obey him by relying upon his providence. Well, fourthly and finally, we will see that God's children obey him by revering him with all things. When we fully grasp the doctrine of providence, our eyes are open to the reality that indeed all things that we have in this life come from the paternal caring hand of the Father. This includes our success and our wealth. All things that we enjoy in this lifetime, all good gifts come from the paternal caring hand of the Father. Consider verse 9 to 12 with me. It says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be wary of his reproof, for the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father the son in whom he delights. In this portion, we see that our estates are not excluded with regards to obeying God. Our very estates, our very wealth, our very success is given to us by God and it must be used to worship him and to advance his kingdom. Henry has this to say about this text. He says, quote, It is our duty to make our worldly estates serviceable to our religion, to use them and the interest we have by them for the promoting of religion to do good to the poor with what we have and are bound in all works of piety and charity, devising liberal things, end quote. The idea that is captured in this is that God must be worshipped all, with all that we have. He gives us all things, and so all things ultimately belong to him. The principle attached to this imperative is that the Lord would care for your every need. We are reminded that we need to be daily dependent on God for our daily bread and not develop a self-sufficient attitude. In revering God with all things, we must gladly receive his reproof for that is evidence of his love for us. And I know, I know that often when we are being disciplined, 
it is hard to see any traces of love in the discipline. However, we can be assured that the Father's discipline is a loving action and it is for our good. How do we apply at least this portion to our lives? Well, I think we can apply this by constantly reminding ourselves that if all good things come from God, then they wholly belong to Him. There is nothing good that we can bring about by our own devices and strength. All things are from God and are for Him. And even in discipline, we realize that it is for our very good. Well, friends, family, I said this evening we will see that God's children must obey Him. And they obey Him by regarding His commandments. They obey Him by remembering His promises. They obey Him by relying on His providence. And they obey Him by revering Him with all things. How does this text inform our lives today? What is the final application or the take-home truth from this text? And so I thought I'd start with the believer this evening. How does this text apply to you and I this evening? We, the children of God, those who have believed in Him, we must live in grateful obedience to God for he has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He bought us with the precious blood of the lamb and the least that we can do is to display our gratitude toward him with obedience. And so my challenge this evening is that as we've heard his word, we would consider in our own hearts if we regard God's commandments. I pray that we would reflect in our own hearts and check if we constantly remember his promises, his steadfast love, and his faithfulness. And again, are we relying on his providence? Can we have a sure and firm foundation and trust in knowing that whatever happens to us in this lifetime, our God is in control and he has us in the palm of his hand. And finally, for the believers, my challenge is with all things, all gifts that God give us, gives us, with all the gifts that he gives us, may we worship him, may we revere him with all things. What about the unbelievers sitting here tonight? Well, if you are sitting here tonight and you have never bent your knee to Christ as Lord and Savior, then it means that you stand as one who has disregarded his commandments. The first point tonight was that we are to live in obedience to God, and the first way we can do that is by regarding his commandments. But if you've never believed in Jesus Christ, it means that from the moment you were born, you have been disregarding his commandments. You have broken the very commandments of God and you cannot remember steadfast love and faithfulness for you have never received them from the only wise and loving God. 
And so you haven't regarded his commandments. You, you cannot remember his steadfast love and you cannot remember his faithfulness. But what you can know for sure is that you can dread the providence of God. You can dread the providence of God for scripture tells us that those who reject him will surely die. It means that judgment and death are providentially headed your way. It means also that you do not revere God with all things. You love the world and you love the created things. Friends, if that is you in this room tonight, then you are in grave danger. The call on your life is to repent and to trust in the Lord with all your heart. That idea of trust, of that child jumping from the structure, may God be your only hope and your trust in this lifetime. Nothing, nothing else can save you. Realize your sin and ask God to save you from sin and hell. God's children must obey him. They obey him by regarding his commandments, by remembering his promises, by relying on his providence, and by revering him with all things. And my prayer tonight is that we would all be able to sing, I will trust my Savior Jesus. When the darkest doubts befall, trust him when to simply trust him seems the hardest thing of all. I will trust my Savior Jesus. Trust him when my strength is small, for I know the shield of Jesus is the safest place of all. Let us pray. And so God, it is with great humility that we approach your throne of grace this evening. We thank you, Father, for your word, for your very word pierces our hearts. We pray, God, that tonight, as we have heard your word, that you would use it to to convict us of our sin. I pray, Father, that you would use it to challenge us. I pray, Lord, that you would use it to conform us to the image of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. But Lord God, I also pray that those who are sitting here who have not believed, who, who hadn't believed before tonight, I pray that you would make the gospel message simple to them. May they see Jesus Christ high and lifted up, and may they fall upon his cross, realizing that the only way to receive salvation is to throw themselves upon the loving hands of the Father. And so, God, please continue to bless us and continue to use us for your glory and for your name's sake. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. Find out more about Central Baptist Church at www.central.org.za.